Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guest. We are the Mikes on Mikes. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And Mike, I think fall's officially here. It's a little chilly. Still rocking the shorts at work, but I have to throw a hoodie on now or a pullover. Oh, bro. Uh, I've, I've been full-on pants, pants hoodie for a week now. Two weeks. <laughs> See, my shorts will last through December. Or into the beginning of December. Usually, unless we hit those frigid temps. Oh, you're one of those. Uh, uh, yeah, I have to be. It's Work is too physical for me not to be, because if not, I'm just sweating profusely, which isn't good either when it's cold. So, you know. Yeah, no, I remember when I had to do manual labor at my job. And, <laughs> yeah, it um, sucks. I, I wore shorts clear into December. It's usually how it goes. Uh, I want to do this real quick, Mike. We, over at our Facebook page, uh, if you go facebook.com slash drivebypod, or if you search, shit, I don't even know what to search at this point, because I just recently, uh, if you just search Drive By Wrestling Podcast dash NFN, that's Near Fall Network, for those of you not in the loop, you will find our Facebook page, but we are doing a tournament, if you will. We're having a special Halloween edition episode uh, that will be recorded later on this month, and we're trying to figure out everybody's favorite, I guess, creepy, scary, horror-esque gimmick, and... I kind of think we all know where, like, maybe the final four will be. Uh, Maybe the top five, even, or top ten. But you know what, man? It was a lot of fun just to go through and see who all I could figure out and pull one of these. I did it with four groups at first. uh, And you get to vote. So we're into the semifinals. The semifinals will run through this weekend. Uh... I haven't decided. I think I've said I would let it go through Saturday, but I might even let it go through Sunday. It just depends on what I get done or how much time I have to do it. Because we're going to have the five to five, have the have. We're going to. Wow, I'm editing that shit. We're going to have to have the finals done so when we can record our show. But interesting group. Th- these are the groups we had, Mike. We had in group A, Undertaker versus Mordecai, Dungeon of Doom versus The Brood, Papa Shango versus The Yeti. Rosemary versus Boogeyman. That was Group A. Technically, technically, just want to throw this out there. I'm not trying to be this guy. Technically, the Yeti was part of the Dungeon of Doom. I know that, but as you'll see, there's some groups represented that are, you know, like the Ministry of Darkness is in here too. You know, because I didn't necessarily think, uh, you know, Viscera necessarily deserved his own category. Yet, the Ministry of Darkness was pretty badass. So, you'll see this. Uh, let's see. Group B, Kane versus Damian Demento. Kevin Thorne versus Kevin Sullivan. Goldust versus Broken Matt Hardy. And Missing Link versus Acolytes. And as you can see, we're a, li- we're a little liberal. I think Goldust deserves to be in this. He's not really a horror character, but... 
the character definitely pushed the envelope and made people feel uncomfortable. And I think, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. I'm with it. Okay, group, group C, we had Mankind versus Wayland Mercy, uh, Mortis versus Wrath, or I'm sorry, Mortis and Wrath versus the Ministry of Darkness, uh, Gangrel versus Abyss, Demon Finn Balor versus Abaddon, if that's how you pronounce that. And then the final group, Group D, The Fiend versus Darby Allen. Again, a little bit of liberalness with this. Uh, Alistair Black versus Vampiro. The Wyatt family, so again, Bray Wyatt kind of technically represented twice, versus the Rape Call, I mean, the Dark Order, and Crow Sting versus Willow. Uh, it went exactly how I thought it would in these first rounds. Uh, you could probably literally listen to that and know exactly who won, uh, every tournament. Uh, do you know, there's like, after we went through all this and got these names together, uh, I was voting on the semifinals and I was like, how the fuck didn't we put the great mood on here? Yeah, there were, I know, and people, I, I, we should have actually took this to like PEW or PWE and our own page to get some, cause there's always going to be people you miss, Yeah, but I'm still happy with the names we got and I still think the outcomes would have been the same. So we're in the, uh, semifinals now. Uh, let me see if I can find the link here. Yeah, we're in the semifinals now. Uh, and just to kind of give everybody, because these votes will be live when you hear this, you can still go vote. So, moving into the semifinals from Group A, we have Undertaker versus Brood and Papa Shango versus Boogeyman. So, whoever wins those two will go against each other, and I think we all know who the main champion in Group A is going to be. Uh, same for Group B. We got Kane versus Kevin Sullivan and Goldust versus the Acolytes. Uh, we can kind of pick that one. Group C... Uh, Mankind versus the Ministry of Darkness and Gangrel versus Demon Finn. I'm also sensing, I mean, most of these are WWE gimmicks, which I think is fine. Uh, Group D, Fiend versus Aleister Black, Wyatt Family versus Crow Sting. Literally anything outside of the WCW or WWE umbrella did not make it past the first round. And wow. <laughs> what, we got two, two from the, now granted, there's way more horror or creepy gimmicks in WWE for the amount of time they've been around. It's just, it's, it's interesting. And I mean, none of these were even close, Mike. I mean, we're talking, most of them were 100% victory on the votes, and some maybe had one or two votes for the other, but it, it, it wasn't even close. I, I could tell you probably what's going to be the final four right now, but we'll just, we'll just, we'll just see what happens. Uh, something else that we waited to see what happened, and it's always kind of an exciting time, and then it always feels like a letdown, is the draft. And I'll just say this. I think the reason it feels like a letdown is because maybe the way it's structured, even though I completely understand it the is... structure. Dude, the entire structure of it is what causes it. It's It's the... Three from Raw, two SmackDown picks. It's the the way they do the rounds. Um, and it's the fact that like people are... And here's the thing. I get it. You can't have everyone available for the draft, right? But... See, yeah. You, but hold on, hold on. 
but you can fucking tell us everyone's available for the draft. Right? See, like, like they announced like... like they're like they're like these people are available for draft on night one, these people are available for draft on night two. Great. Great. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fine. Fine. But don't tell me it's just a group of them. Tell us storyline wise. Remember drafts back in the first draft era? Not really, but go ahead. <laughs> You don't. Oh, you didn't watch back then, did you? Uh, no, I did. I did. It just, I, dude, I have so much in my head right now. I can't remember. It all runs together, my man. It all runs together. Timelines run together. Parallel universes run together. I don't even know what day it is as we record this, Mike. Okay, so it was a, everyone was available in those original drafts. Everyone. And not everyone, you know what I mean? We all knew Triple H was fucking staying on Raw. Taker was probably staying on SmackDown. But everyone was available. And it felt like anyone could go at any time. And there's no feeling of suspense or surprise with it now. It's like... I don't know. And then some of the draft... We'll get into it, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's just a letdown I, for a number of reasons. I, I get what you're saying. I think part of it comes with the fact that, and I I saw I do the same thing because you see like I'm thinking of an example like Drew McIntyre drafted to Raw and you're like, well he's already on Raw, but I forget like well technically everyone in that draft pool is a free agent. Exactly. So and they're I not get that. associated with a brand. I get that part too. It's not, and it's not really like the first round that's the issue, is it? Right? Because they draft the champions. They're like, oh no, we're going to draft our champion. Oh, we're going to draft our champion so you can't have both champions. And it's a fucking give and take, and I get it. And for the first round, most of the first round, it was working for me. And it does every year, because for the most of the first round, you're like... You're making sure you keep okay. your champions. Yes, man. Yes. You're like really taking the names that you think are, you know, the ones that you would want to keep. But, like, some of it just doesn't make sense as you get deeper into it. Like, some of it just doesn't make sense as you get deeper into it. And I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about it more. Go ahead and say your part. I just, I, I, I gotta collect I, I mean, my I thoughts. Don't, I don't have a lot to say. I, I think, I understand the people, I, like, I understand people's complaints about it. I don't know what will be better. I don't know if everyone being available will be better. I actually like that there's different people on different nights, because if you think logically about it that way, you can make... Okay, because if everyone's available and you're doing this over two nights. Now, if you're just doing it in one, then you can make everyone available. But if you're doing it in two nights... Look, I... You can't... I even said earlier, split them into two groups. This is the first night's draft group. This is the second night's draft group. Right, because if you put everyone together over two nights, then your first night's going to be your biggest night because all your champions are going to go, yeah. right? You're not yeah. going to leave them sit. Yes, Exactly. So, so you split it up into two fucking groups. 
Right. So that's where I get it. And I understand it. And I also understand like the letdown of you think you're going to see these big shifts. The other problem is, you know, they have a rather large roster. And while you need people to move, you can't just flop everybody because then you just have red SmackDown and blue Raw. You know what I mean? Yes, I understand that also. So, like, I think overall, I have to, like, going forward, assuming we keep the brand split, assuming we keep doing this for the next few years, I have to kind of look at it as this isn't going to be groundbreaking, but we're going to get some cool things out of it. Like, I'm pumped that Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. Yeah, that's sweet as fuck, man. But... I, I mean... He hasn't been on that show or associated with that brand since the, since we started doing this hard brand split. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a really fresh idea. I actually don't mind the fact that Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio are over there, even though they're still in this feud with Seth. I think they fit on that show more with some of the other people on the roster. And we'll get through the storyline part of this, and we'll move on to the other things. And I actually am enjoying the storyline, so I don't have any problems with it at all. Uh, but, you know, that's the good I take from it. Again, I, the only bad, like I said, is just maybe some of the feelings like there was no big surprises. And maybe they could even fix that by you know, saying there might be some undrafted free agents that aren't currently work. I don't know how you'd word it, but you get what I'm saying, where maybe you have a new signing or you pull someone out of NXT without any advertisement, something like that. Um, NXT is the only way they can make the draft exciting again. This is the only way where you're going to be able to introduce some element of surprise to it again. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think like... I don't think there's any WWE wrestler where it's like, like it's cool that Seth got drafted to SmackDown, right? Right. But it it's not like a jaw dropping oh shit moment, right? A jaw dropping oh shit moment for the draft is Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era are drafted to Raw, um, or in the future, um, I'm just going to use this name for instance, but something like this could happen. MJF drafted the SmackDown. Right, right. Yep. No, those I'm totally the, with you. Those are the only two ways to make it a headline moment, like a jaw-dropping shocker as far as the draft goes anymore. There's no one, even if it was like, Raw drafts The Undertaker, which for me would mean watching even less Raw than I watch now. (laughs) But for some people, would make them want to watch, you know. Here's one. The Rock is drafted to Raw. Right. That's a fucking shocker. But outside of like that, which is never happening. Um, the aforementioned Undertaker <laughs> scenario is also never happening. Um, NXT or AEW, maybe even New Japan, but it's going to have to come from NXT or free agency. That's the only way to make this thing like really like exciting again. Yeah, I, it's it's I, somewhat I agree, interesting now. Don't get me wrong. It's like, oh, cool, Seth Rollins is going to be on SmackDown. 
It's just uh, not it's just not groundbreaking and I think that's all kind of what we want to see like the big yes. surprise almost like the mania yes. after or the raw after mania deal kind of Exactly man make this entertaining give us a reason to watch Yep yep no I agree and so again another thing uh I I'm glad I I know some people were saying like oh they drafted whole storylines which they did <laughs> they totally did on some of these and it's kind of it's kind of uh telegraphed isn't the word I'm looking for, but it's kind of I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Help me out here, Mike. Obvious. Obvious. It just shows the like plays into the scripted nature of the show. We all know it's scripted, so whatever. Uh that being said, man, I would have been pissed if say they would have drafted Fiend to Raw and left Bliss on SmackDown because I don't know, man, the storyline is so fun right now. Why? See, I mean, I get that one, right? Like, that would kind of make sense. Uh, it's just weird to me, drafting of whole storylines. I just thought that was very, very weird. Because I personally feel like the draft is to shake things up and separate some people that have not work, but it, it just and maybe because it's the first time they've ever drafted whole storylines. It, it seemed. I mean, I don't remember last year enough to think they moved whole storylines. I, I know there was a lot of which I'm not hearing. Like, actually, here let's give a compliment. I specifically remember last year the pay per view following the draft. You're like, well, you have Raw guys versus SmackDown guys for the titles. This is stupid. They didn't do that this year. So the matches they've got set up now, granted, you have Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns on SmackDown uh, that would have happened once you listen to this podcast for the Universal Championship. But that being said, man, like, OK, whatever. It is what it is. You know, you know, Roman's not losing that title anyway. OK, so let these two guys beat the shit out of each other like they always do and put on an entertaining match. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but like. Then they do shake things up. I wanted to get into this real quick. And I see people complain about that. I've seen for probably the last three years, at least, how bad they need to break the New Day up, right? Which, I'm a fan of the New Day. I've never really been in, in favor of them splitting them up. However, people they draft... I don't think I've seen anyone say so Everyone wants them to stay together, I, don't they? Or break uh, up, but not... Or break up, but not in the, like, shitty way. Leave amicably. There's always been murmurs on the internet for, I'm saying, at least three years. Uh, This is old. This is over. This gimmick sucks, especially in the dirt sheets. Especially in the dirt sheet reviews. I don't fucking do Uh, dirt sheets or dirt sheet reviews. So, so, you know, then it happens, sort of. You know, Big E stays on SmackDown. Kofi and Xavier Woods are drafted to Raw. And it's like, why would you do that? I can't believe you did that. Why would you take Big E out of there? When we're all, like, kind of clamoring for this Big E single run anyway, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're not friends. Like, I don't think this is a bad thing, man. That's a six-year run with a, a stable gimmick. It's not something they can't come back to down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Um... I kind of think it's dope that they... Because they didn't break up, right? 
They didn't break up. Right. New Day got drafted to Raw, and Big E got drafted to SmackDown. Big E actually uh, transitions into my second major complaint about this thing. Maybe my third major complaint. Okay, go complaint. ahead. People drafted before Big E. The Miz and John okay. Morrison, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Mandy Rose, Jay Uso, Ricochet, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Naomi. Um, really? Like, and it's not just Big E, right? Okay. Um, right. And here's the thing. I get the Street Profits are tag team champions, but let's stop pretending like that means anything because Vince stopped pretending years ago. People drafted after the Street Profits. Charlotte Flair, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Jeff Hardy. I don't understand this, like, like, so, round two, SmackDown takes Sasha Banks, first woman taken, second woman taken of the day one. Raw responds with Naomi. Women drafted after Naomi, Bianca Belair, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Mandy Rose, like, Fucking yeah, really? Like know, it, and I, they always do this, man. They always fucking like round four. Dana Brooke drafted before Angel Garza. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't disagree. I also would say People drafted before Buddy Murphy. Dana Brooke. Yeah. Otis. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I just Mandy think, Rose. again... Like, it's just... <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I, I think... I, I don't have a response other than I think that when you really go... once I think once you get past the champions, like, it makes sense to take the champions early and maybe some heavy hitter, like, former champions. I think after that, really, man, I don't know. I don't think the order matters, gives two shits. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It, maybe that's looking no, in too, too deep into it because it's I'm pro a, wrestling. I don't I'm know. a guy that loves drafts of all kinds. And I like the NFL draft. I like the NBA draft. I like doing fantasy football drafts. When I play Madden... I like to do a fantasy draft on there. Maybe build my own like league. <laughs> when I play NBA 2K, I like to do fantasy drafts. Sometimes me and my boy Dave, we just like do fantasy drafts just for the fuck of it. Like I can remember us being like, I don't know, nine, ten years old, hanging out in his basement, and we would just do fantasy drafts for the NFL, WWF. We were like drafting our own brands for WWF and WCW in high school because we were fucking losers like that. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes Dave will just hit me and be like, yo, man, you want to do like a WWE draft? And I'm like, fuck yeah, what show you want? And he's like, raw. And I'll be like, cool, I'll take SmackDown. It's like, I love drafts. <laughs> so like there's things that are inherent to a draft and I don't understand. And like WWE drafts because they're pro wrestling drafts don't have to follow those. And it makes for a just a weird drafting experience for me, and I don't care for it at all. 
Yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I do. Um, I don't know. It's pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to be perfect when it comes to a, a pro wrestling draft, but I, I, I don't they hate it. I just no longer good at sport like drafts. Yeah, maybe if they add some like war rooms, like real ones, and some GMs yeah, fighting man. over picks, making give trades, us some, like some fake. And I'm not saying I need on screen GMs. You know what I mean? But maybe, just a representative for each show, dude. Maybe give us an interim president, Jack Tunney. You know what I mean? Let William Regal do it. <laughs> uh, I like what he's doing on SmackDown, but like if yeah, they're on, I do too. Uh, NXT. I mean, but like NXT. you could have like. A person that you call the fucking whatever, and then they come out. I still think they dropped the ball the first year when you could have had a war room with Paul Heyman in one and Eric Bischoff in the other, but whatever. Yeah, it would have been amazing. It, yeah. it, I, it, it, let me say this. It could have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Mike, let's take a very quick break, and when we come back, it's time to get back into this Wednesday Night War, Mike. How you feel about that? Feel pretty good about that. Let's do it. It's been a while. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, come on. Tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick. Who's it doesn't boss? matter Who's what your boss? favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there, we were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway.
think he could tell us what to do? Now, excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pod Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? (laughs) That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line like Mike did. The brave one. And talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. Again, go check our friends out, WID Podcast. Uh, check Daniel out, everything he's doing. Uh, the Satanist is coming back. He's got a serial killer show coming up. I mean, what more could you ask for? And Nostalgia Highway doing their shows that, you know, you told me, Mike, you're going to love these guys around October even more than you already enjoy them. And Damn it, man. What was it? Ghost and Mr. Chicken? Oh, is that one out? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. I've never seen that movie. Oh, dude. Great movie. But let me let me tell you. I'm literally downloading this episode <laughs> right now. I feel like I've seen it just from listening to these guys. So go check it out. They're doing Pumpkinhead coming up. I think that's their Halloween episode. And I can't remember what the other one is. I'm being a terrible uh, promoter here as I'm trying to look on their Twitter and I can't seem to find it. Uh, let's see. There we go. Uh, Fright Night is next on the docket. That will be out 
or it should actually be out now, the 13th that came out, and I somehow missed that. So I have to go back and catch that one as well. Uh, but yeah, man, Pumpkinheads on Halloween and Fright Night from 1985. Uh, I actually didn't mind a remake either, but uh, 85 is the, the, obviously the better of the uh, two. Do you know what? The remake was not fucking bad it by any means remake was a pretty snappy remake yeah it it was good but you know honestly nine times out of ten the original is better of the two and i'm gonna stop you so you don't stamp on my transition let's get into the wednesday night war and the better of the two mm. nxt how about that well done. how about that well done, well done. <laughs> all right <laughs> nxt this week uh we're building towards Halloween Havoc. I love saying that. Uh, show opens up. Number one contender match for the tag NXT Tag Team Championships. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus Undisputed Era being represented by Roddy Strong and Robert <clears throat> Fish. Uh, <laughs> really good, strong match. Uh, you had the champions, uh, Brizongo, watching from an elevated platform. Uh, taking notes on the match. And, uh, you know, typical, I, not takeover level for these two uh, teams, but, you know, typical Undisputed Era, Oni Lorcan, Danny Burst tag team match, man. It was very entertaining. Uh, Fish and Roddy get the win. Uh, they are number one contenders again. They also did a promo addressing... Because uh, Adam Cole was not out there. Kyle O'Reilly was out there with them. Cole was still, quote-unquote, healing the broken ribs from the attack of Rich Holland. And they basically came out and said it's a good thing he got hurt last week. Because if not, he'd be in the same place right now. <laughs> Which is pretty brutal when a guy blew his whole like left leg out. Uh, match got a B plus. I think it was probably... I think B plus is probably fair for that. Um, next we get a... Ember Moon interview where she's just basically saying she's coming back uh, to take what's hers and she understands that she can't just show up and get a title shot. She's got to prove to herself and everyone else that she deserves it again. So, strong little package there. And then we got Jake Atlas versus Ashanti the Adonis. He has been on 205 Live. He made his uh, appearance helping out uh, Swerve in... Uh, the last pay-per-view, 31 takeover 31. Uh, Atlas defeated Adonis, and then uh, Legato del Fantasmo came out. They started to attack Adonis, since, you know, he came in and helped Swerve at, at takeover. And then Atlas came in and came back to help him out. And then Swerve appeared from the crowd. So we're definitely setting up what looks like a pretty decent six-man tag. Uh, the whole match and segment got a C. Uh, I don't think that's fair. It was probably B. I'd give it a solid B. Um, then we get Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory. Uh, fantastic match. Fantastic TV match. Of course, Gargano gets the win by pinfall. But we're kind of doing this story where Austin Theory is very, very... Uh, confident about how great he is but he keeps losing <laughs> and the better the competition he goes against the like better matches he has and the almost closer he gets to winning but he still can't win um so i'm kind of curious as to where they're going with this but i actually like it uh bleach report gave this an a minus 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. We then move into number one contender for the uh, women's NXT title, Candice wow. LeRae versus Shotzi Blackheart. Mike, funny yes. that you should mention the women's division because... <laughs> oh, yeah. Breaking news, the PWI Top 100 Women Wrestlers of 2020 just dropped. Yes, it did. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> we'll discuss this at the end. We might touch on that real quick before we wrap up for today, Mike. Yeah. Uh, so, number one contendership. So, if you recall, Candace run the, won the Battle Royal, which got her the match at TakeOver 31. And Shotzi was the last one in that match. So, we're getting a little bit of a rematch. And guess what? Candace LeRae won again. However, she won with help from India Hartwell. Uh, I know we didn't do uh, NXT breakdown last week. But India Hartwell had sent a brand new TV to the Gargano house uh, in matching tracksuits to the Gargano house. So India Hartwell is doing some uh, ass kissing to the Garganos. Uh, she ended up showing up in the crowd and handing Candice LeRae brass knucks, which she promptly punched Shotzi in the face with and got the pin. Match got an A. I would agree with that. Uh, next, we get the re-debuting or I guess technically the official debuting of Tony Storm on the NXT America brand uh, versus Aaliyah of the Robert Stone brand. Um, I mean, she kicked her ass. Uh, I'm sure. It, it, it was a nice, you know, nice little uh, squash match for Tony Storm to come in and get a good victory. They gave this a D plus. Listen, I'm going to say a swampy thing, but you got to at least give it a B just for getting the entrance that focused right on Tony Storm's ass. <laughs> it is a thing of beauty. <laughs> we'll just move on. <laughs> we'll just move on from there. So now we've got, we did had a little skit briefly with uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick in the back. He went, what did he want to call him? He wanted to call him the fury and the furry. <laughs> Because Killian Dan's hairy, get yes, it? I um, get it. I get it. <laughs> so they go out uh, against Imperium. Uh, Imperium actually gets a win because they separate. They take out Killian Dane. He's not there to get the tag, and Maverick gets to you know eats the pin, and then they uh, start to. Uh, or I'm sorry, Imperium wins, and Ever Rise, who uh, Maverick and Dane beat. Uh, last week, come out and start beating on uh, Drake Maverick on, when he's by himself, asking where's your big buddy now as they're trying to beat him. And well, guess what? His big buddy came around the ring and kicked the shit out of both of them. <laughs> and picked up picked up Maverick and said, no one hits you but me. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's kind of like when I was in high school, man, we had this one kid that like, I mean, I probably like 90% of the high school picked on. But man, we were at a football game one time, and one of the rival schools was picking on him, and the biggest bully in our school went over and stood up for him. Don't mess with him. He's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm going to shove him in his locker on Monday. You know, that kind of deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's... I gotcha. Bleacher Report gave this segment a B minus. Um, I think I'll go with that. I like what they're doing with Drake Maverick. 
I like it. You know, I saw people saying, oh, this is what just what NXT needs. Clearly, you see Vince's fingerprints because they're stupid comedy. Listen, man. There's there's always a little bit of comedy in wrestling. It's part of the deal, is it not? Yeah. You don't have to like it. I don't generally care for it most of the time. But it I is don't what always, it is. but if it's done right and it makes sense, then it, it can be enjoyable. And I like what they're doing here. It's it's humorous. It's showing a different side of Killian Dane, which I think is very important. Uh, he's one of those characters where I always felt like, man, there's something I don't like about him, but I feel like I should like him. And he's starting to grow on me, man. So, hey, it's at least working for me. Uh, next, we get our main event, NXT North American Championship is on the line. Damian Priest defending against Dexter Loomis. If you recall, Dexter Loomis was injured even though he won his match and could not compete uh, for the North American Championship. And now he's getting that opportunity. Mike, this match was pretty fantastic. Uh, Damian Priest gets the win in uh, Murky Waters. Not his fault. He wasn't even aware but towards the end of the match, the ref's down checking on Damian Priest. And Cameron Grimes appears out of nowhere and does his double stomp to Dexter Loomis on the apron of the ring. And as Loomis rolls back into the ring, Priest is able to hit his finish and put the... Uh, I can't think of it. Doesn't he have a submission? No, I'm sorry. I'm getting them mixed up. He hit, he hit his finish and got the pin clean. Uh, it all runs together. Uh... And as he, as Priest is walking out, he notices Cameron Grimes. He sees the replay. Cameron Grimes starts to come up to him. Priest uh, gets in his face, says, mind your own business. Kind of, you know, we're, we're making it clear that Damian Priest is not a heel. He didn't want, you know, he probably wouldn't have took this tainted victory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they gave this a B. Um, man, I thought it was an A all the way. And then here's the fun wrap-up. As Priest is walking up the ramp even further, he gets cracked with a steel chair from Johnny Gargano. And cool. we are we are getting NXT 31 TakeOver rematches on Halloween Havoc. So Gargano's getting another shot at that North American title. Candice LeRae's getting another shot at the uh, Women's Championship. And here we go. William Regal tells them this and says, But we gotta raise the stakes. And I'll let your host of Halloween Havoc explain it to you. And you see Shotzi Blackheart at the back of the arena. And are you ready for this, Mike? She comes out and says, You get these matches, but your matches are spin the wheel, make the deal. Fuck yes. (laughs) It's happening. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited now. I love it. Bleacher Report says, The ending was certainly overdramatic. However, it's appropriate for the ridiculous nature of Halloween Havoc. <laughs> it was way over the top. Shotzi was way over talk about it. Johnny and Candace were way over the top angry about it. And everything about it was fucking awesome. This is very exciting news. So it was a it was a very uh solid in-ring episode of NXT and then just although there wasn't a ton of story building in this episode like man that whole ending with <laughs> spin the wheel make the deal and really 
really putting Halloween Havoc over as a big deal. I, I'm I'm pretty pumped, man. I'm pretty pumped. What was happening over on the other channel? Uh, I know, because, hey, I watched. AEW opened up with a big fuck you, Joe. And then we rolled right into the, uh, you know, the tag team match that was mentioned last week. You know, uh, the best friends taking on FTR. AEW Tag Team Champions, 60-minute time limit. This was a pretty solid match. Uh, Bleach Report gave it a B plus. I feel that's fairly accurate. Midway through the match, well, not midway, but more towards the end of the match, <coughs> Chuck Taylor, not Chuck Taylor, Trent, is thrown into uh, the video game that Miro and Penelope Ford yeah. and... Um, you know, Kip Sabian have been playing. It's destroyed. Kip Sabian's shocked. He says, go get him. Penelope Ford takes off running to the back. For a minute, I was like, go get who? And then I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, so <laughs> FTR get the win after some shenanigans. And then post-match, Miro comes out and proceeds to just shit house Chuck Taylor and Sue Sun. So uh mm. at which admittedly was pretty impressive. Um he looks like a million fucking bucks right now. And the whole time he's out there shit housing both of them. Mind you again, impressively shit housing both of them. I was like It's a shame that this is all they got going for this guy. We'll get back to that, though, later in the show. Hold on. Just wait for it. Wait for it till we get to their match in the show. Okay. Next next match, Kip Sabian and Miro versus Sean Maluda, who, by the way, is uh, part of the – is Offa's nephew, so he's part of the Anawai fucking clan, mm -hmm. which it makes it seem weird to me that he's in AEW. Although I guess like they don't all get to go to WWE right away, right? Like doesn't Yeah, but uh, is he is he in AEW or is he just currently contract? There's a difference. Is he just like fucking wrestling there cuz they need yeah. people? I don't know. That's a good question. Um so Lee Johnson didn't even it's uh so anyway, Kip Sabian and Mira versus Shawn Maluda and Lee Johnson. Um I don't know if any listeners to the show I've noticed, but every time Lee Johnson's name comes up, he's on the losing end of things. Which is weird to me that they called him one of the rising stars here in AEW during this match. <laughs> um, so, Sean Malata proceeds to get the shit beat out of him. Well, both of them really, but Malata's like the only one that's ever technically the legal guy in the ring. Um, mm -hmm. By Miro. For like five minutes. Again massively impressive how he's just destroying two men. Kip Sabian's just kind of hanging out. Like, I really enjoy this part of, like, the Kip Sabian, like, Miro gimmick, like, the dynamic between them, how Kip Sabian just kind of, like, literally lays on the ring apron. <laughs> like, literally, like, lays on the ring apron with his head propped up and just, like, hangs out while Miro destroys people. I think it's hilarious. Um, but... While I'm watching Mira impressively destroy two people, I had the same thought I had earlier, which was, it's really a shame 
that this is what's going on for him. Now, on the flip side of that, will we not just complain that he was coming in and getting like a title shot or something? Would we complain? I don't know. I don't know. I he's don't, he's not he's not Luke Harper though, is he? No, he's not. He's not Brian Cage or the Murder Hawk. This is this is an immensely popular, like professional wrestler. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Here's here's where I wouldn't have complained. If Mira would have came in, if they would have kept doing this open challenge, if Cody was still the TNT champ, and Mira just came in and shit house Cody and won that title, right? I would have complained if he came in challenged and then lost. Yeah. But, I mean, even that might have been better than, as someone put it, oh, wait, so now Miro's a monster heel because he got his video game broken? And then they said, and he left WWE for this. <laughs> I thought that, too. I thought to myself, this is this is better than what you, what you were doing. And it's not. It's on par. But here's the thing. And this is something we have to keep reminding ourselves about AEW, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said for, like, being mentally happy, man. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I think that's what people forget about. I think we, even on this show, have a tendency to kind of forget that. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. There's a lot to be said for being mentally happy, and I think that that's the thing we have to to remember about that. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing we have to remember with AEW is that if you want to get, they're not doing anything better, but they might be, but they're probably happier, and that's fucking great, man. If you're happy, you're right on. I just wish everyone would quit telling us that it's better. They're in a better position. They're not right. They're in the same essential position. Man, I'll tell you this, and, and this is where I think it goes back. Like, I know everyone's always like, who's going to jump next? Who's going to jump next? It's eventually going to be a back and forth. You're going to have AEW guys going to WWE because here's the thing, Mike. Like, I, the job that I'm at now, I've this November, I'll be at for eight years. Mm-hmm. And I was at the previous job for seven years. And when I started the previous job, man, I, it was, you know, it was a job, but I was like, I enjoyed it. It was what it was. And when I left that job, I was so mentally burnt out and ready to be gone that there's nothing you could say that would have kept me there. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And when I got to where I'm at now, I was so much happier. And if it wasn't for the money difference, if that old job called me and said, hey, we can match what you're making at your new job, I'd be there tomorrow. So, like, it's a matter of how long it lasts. Like, you got a guy like John Moxley. You know, he's allowed to bleed everywhere. He's allowed to use barbed wire. He can say shit multiple times, which is apparently a big deal to everyone on this roster because they say it a lot. Uh, <laughs> and he's a champion. So, your difference is he was a champion in WWE, but he couldn't swear. He couldn't bleed. Uh, you know, he thought that he had to be an actor. Uh, instead of being a wrestler, which I, I mean, That's, I still have an argument there that it's kind of the same thing, but whatever. Uh, 
But if he's happier, cool. No, the but arson, again, okay, let's. The difference is, you're a fucking amazing stand-up comedian, right? No, you, I get the difference. You tell the fucking jokes, the best jokes on stage, and then the like. That's the difference between AEW and WWE. You're an you're no, an actor I, it's, in it, WWE. It's, you're a stand-up comedian in AEW. It's kind of like what we talked about last week. It's control, right? Yes. I get it. I get it. But okay, I also question the amount of creative freedom that's going to keep continuing in this company because eventually. Like, someone's going to be asked to do something they don't want to do. I'm sure it already has been. You know, you're going to have conflicts here and there everywhere. So my question is, are all of these guys and girls or whoever that jumps going to be happy for eternity? The answer is no, they're not. No. Some will. Some won't. So, like, we can, we, yes, you're right. We have to think, well, if Miro's happier... Some if of them Blonde may... Rusev, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. If Blonde Rusev is happier being technically second fiddle to Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford than he was being second fiddle to his actual wife, because let's face it, that's kind of how it was, right? Yeah. Then okay, whatever. If that makes him happier, that makes him happier. I don't even necessarily think he's like second fiddling it. I think that this is like a, just an initial way to get him. I just don't think it's gonna. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's a big deal. No, it really doesn't. I, it's just like and Sean of, Spears, man. And of all the people that jump ship, he was the biggest deal. Absolutely, absolutely. But whatever. Keep going, man. It. it it's it's a continuing discussion we're going to have to have. Um. So then we had MJF making his big announcement that he announced he was going to make last week. Uh, <laughs> brought out Chris Jericho in the inner circle. The announcement was that he maybe kind of possibly would want to join the inner circle. Um, look. This segment was fucking comedy gold. I it haven't was been outstanding. I haven't been as entertained by a wrestling promo uh face off whatever you want to call it like this and uh, I don't even know when. This is one of the most entertaining things I've ever watched on a wrestling TV show. It was it listen if it wasn't for last week being 30 years of Chris Jericho, I would say that this completely made up for last week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this was... It was that enjoyable. This was so good, I rewound it and watched it a second time after it happened. <laughs> I was like, no, I gotta watch this. Um, the steak dinner part was just the the icing on this comedy cake. Like... The perfect way to end it, like discussing a steak dinner as if it's a match. Uh, dude, if you don't watch AEW Dynamite, at least like look up this clip. It it's pure gold, like pure yeah, pure fucking gold, pure fucking gold. Uh, MJF is just <sighs> he's one of the top stars we have. In like the world right now, top young stars. Uh, I can't say enough good stuff about this, so I'm not gonna say anything more. Just watch it. 
Cody took on Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. Pretty solid fucking match. Pretty solid fucking match. I knew you wouldn't. Uh, (laughs) You didn't think that it felt very slow and plotting? I thought at first it did. I thought at first it did, and then once I thought they hit their stride, no. Although I did think there was a funny moment where Cody did the Cody cutter, and someone on the announce team was like, just the agility for a man that so- for a man Cody's size is incredible. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Uh, there's like 150 pro wrestlers in America right now that are Cody's size and do like way more athletic <laughs> like shit than he does. First of all, he barely does this fucking Cody cutter correctly. Like, agility? The dude's 6'3 and weighs, like, 230. Like, <laughs> like, come on, man. There's, like, everyone his size is more agile than him. He, like, maybe is, like, the least agile, like, 6'3", 235-pound wrestler on the fucking show. <laughs> hey, I got a question. Yeah. Is it a requirement... If you're on their roster to be able to do a version of the cutter and a version of the Canadian destroyer, you have to do the Canadian destroyer. Okay. You have to. Uh, so obviously Cody won, huh? Bleach Report gave it an A minus. Uh, feels well, about right for me. Technically, he didn't win. Technically, they ran out of time, right? That's true. It was a time limit draw. Uh, actually, technically, Orange Cassidy was about to win. Had him rolled up, and as I will say, the end of this was fucking brilliant. The last like the last three minutes of this match, five minutes was non. You can't say you didn't enjoy the last five minutes though, Mike. Right? See, I knew that they went to a draw. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I was just so told might, the end of this match is awesome. I, that might have thrown it for me, and I also want to say. Man, I really feel like if this had been done in WWE, people would have been shitting on this finish. Well, I think they'd have been stupid for shitting on this finish anywhere. This was an excellent because, finish. Because, well, I think that this is clearly a way to move a story forward. It made, you know, it made Orange Cassidy look like a contender. Uh... I just feel like, man, if this had been on the other channel, we'd have heard how ridiculous it is that we didn't get a clear winner. You know what I mean? I think it would have depended on the people in the match. You might be right. I think it would have depended on the people in the match. I think that's, I think it depended I think that's on a, the channel and the brand. I think, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's a factor you have to start taking in with WWE that we, as Maybe. wrestling talking heads, have to start factoring in. Um, on WWE... Uh, would we have cared if this was like, like no one would have cared if this was Baron Corbin, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, Buddy Murphy, people would have fucking, I don't, I just think like sometimes you gotta like evaluate, because I think people tend to care about everyone in AEW, whereas in WWE it feels like, I like about half of these people and the rest of them I just want to talk shit about. And I mean that as like wrestling fans in general. Like Yeah. So um 
Yeah, so, like, Orange Cassidy had Cody for the pin, but the time ran out, right? Right as the hand was going down for the third. Kept everyone looking strong. They're building Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is probably the dude who should take this title from him. Um, oh, honestly. Okay. Honestly, I really think, like, he'd be a good... He'd be a good candidate for it. But not yet, man. Not yet. And maybe he's not the one to take it from Cody. But I think every time Orange Cassidy wrestles, they add a little bit more to him that makes him like a fully fleshed out character. There's some new like attitude tweak or he becomes less lazy. And I think every time he wrestles, it makes him more of a fully formed character, which I think is helping a lot because you complain a lot less about him. Uh, <laughs> Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole. Uh, what'd you think of this match, Mike? Because I didn't watch it. Um, I mean, it was an AEW women's match. All what right. do you think about All right. <laughs> Britt Baker stating that fans need to not turn a channel when the women are on so we basically get more time? Uh, or, since you didn't watch the match... The fact that during the match, JR said, all the women on the roster are trying to get better. Okay. Here's the thing, man. Uh, Brett, you're the only one who I don't change the channel for. Right. Like, that's it. Like, I'm not going to watch TV that's bad, man. Like, I'm not going to watch something that fucking, not only is it not entertaining, it, it, it fucking is hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just asking me to watch, like, a boring football game, you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I've watched I've watched plenty of boring football games, you know what I mean? I've watched plenty of boring wrestling matches. You're asking me to watch, like, the worst two teams in the league play each other, and no one's going to score a point. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I'm totally well, why the, you. why the fuck would I do that to myself, Britt? Why? It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to watch you wrestle. And not you, Britt, but the women on that channel. Britt, I actually find you very enjoyable. Uh, I honestly probably could have watched last night's match and probably found it enjoyable. Mm. Those those two women aren't terrible. I don't know if I'd have found it enjoyable, but I bet it wasn't hard to watch. Right. Um. But for the most part, women's matches in AEW are hard to watch. And fuck that yes. shit. Fuck yep. that shit. And <sighs> then we had the Murder Hawk taking on John Moxley. This was not as good as their match in New Japan at Russell Kingdom. Um, but if you're into these brawling like beat them up matches uh yes pretty good bleach report gave it an a it was only 15 minutes long which i think helped make it exciting you know what i mean because they really didn't even so um i think anything longer would have been a little rough and uh that's 15 minutes with a commercial break uh i know you probably weren't a fan of it but uh, this was a pretty decent brawling match 
At the end, Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros came out, and Kingston fucking cheap-shotted Moxley and choked him out, because definitely, definitely what we needed was another Eddie Kingston fucking title shot, and this time, <laughs> and this time at a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't really get much out of this match either, um... Cody's match was better. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's another one that felt kind of slow and la- it felt, it, didn't it feel a little lazy to you? What, the match? The match. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if that makes sense or if it's the right word, but that's, I think how I felt. Like, it, it felt, just felt like slowly paced. Slowly paced. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it is what it was. It was what it was. It just it it, it wasn't my cup of tea. It, it was a fine no DQ match, but like right off the bat, I'm like, oh, it's uh, of course it's no DQ because it's John Moxley. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you know, just kind of that kind of thing. But anyway, man. Uh, I I thought the I thought it was a decent episode of AEW. It just wasn't crazy good, if that makes sense. And it was their anniversary show, so I should be sitting here saying that it was crazy good. But I didn't think it was. I thought it was an overall pretty enjoyable night for AEW Dynamite. Overall, overall, I have some questions about things. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, some, like, real complaints, but, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I thought this was an enjoyable show. So do you want to, real quick, talk about the, uh, at least the top five of the top 100? Yeah, let's discuss it, because it's kind of fucking weird, isn't it, man? Um, You think so? I don't, not like weird, but number one, Bailey, two, Becky Lynch, three, Oscar, four, Charlotte Flair, five, Sasha Banks. I think it's pretty I guess, spot on, man. I guess for the top five, I'm not questioning it. I more think like, for me, it's murky like six through 15. Okay. You're telling me Rio had a better 2020 than Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all, no. Uh, Tessa Blanchard even had a better... Tessa Blanchard's number seven. You're telling me she had a better 2020 than Io Shirai, uh, Rhea Ripley, Jordan Grace, Shayna Baszler, Thunder Rosa... Um, she mm. hasn't fucking wrestled since March. What? No. Fuck her. No. <laughs> she hasn't wrestled since fucking March. She shouldn't even... That's the thing that gets me about some of these. Becky Lynch. We all know the greatness of Becky Lynch, right? Right. Becky Lynch hasn't been on my fucking TV since April. Yeah, but what's the, uh... What's the run on this one? The time timetable on this one? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't... I, I mean... Yeah, that that definitely plays a part in it, I have to imagine. But, I mean, Bailey being number one makes total sense. Uh, those five women being in a top five, I, I think it makes total sense. And I honestly... Like, I wouldn't... And this is going to sound super marky of me, but, man, I wouldn't have complained if the top ten were all WWE slash NXT women because, I'm sorry, they have the best divisions in the world. But it's in America, for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just the four horsewomen alone, and I still think the NXT roster is better than the main roster when it comes to women. So... It's hard, you know. I would be, I would have been okay with a full top ten of NXT WWE, but you know, I understand sometimes. As we've said, it's a kayfabe list; it's not real. So I also think you don't want to piss everybody off, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's like it's right on. Uh, it's you know. It's just a stupid fucking list. It is, but I definitely get your point. Like, you know, Rhea Ripley should have been higher, uh, especially in front of a, a, the likes of Riho. I guess when you say, well, you know, she uh, won the first ever, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that would qualify for me because she didn't really have much of a run either. And, you know, Rhea Ripley was doing some pretty big things, but yeah. it is what it is, man. Uh, I, I, I think it's cool to see how influential for all the hate that Vince and WWE and everyone in that side of pro wrestling can get from uh, the vocal minority of fans. I think it's pretty cool to see how influential they have been with it when it comes to uh, women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't deny their impact on women's wrestling. Women's wrestling wouldn't even be what it is right now if it wasn't for the strides that WWE's done. Not in America, at least. You know what I mean? Yep, a hundred percent. Is there anything else you'd like to say to these fine, fine folks? No, I don't have anything. I'm gonna put this out here real quick. Something that I always forget. I think it's something that we're gonna push next, Mike. If you want, we want to grow this show. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, or if you have access to an iTunes account, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, go write a review. Uh, if you're on PWE and you found us that way, uh, if you write us a five-star review and write it, make it funny, we will read it and your name on air. I know it's a big gift, right? But just go do it. Uh, it's fun and it'll help the show get seen by more people and then we can help, you know, grow all the communities that we are trying to be a part of here. So... Uh, I think that's all I got, Mike, and I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network. 